Welcome to the Rewilded Human Podcast, where Dr. Lucille and Lynn will tackle your most difficult and intimate questions with candor, tough love, and a little dash of humor. In today's episode, even children who look like they're fine in situations like this are often not really under the surface and they know something's wrong but they're afraid to uh you know uh get their teacher in trouble they're afraid to lose the special attention from the person who's using them uh they are afraid they're fearful of the rage of the parents or they're they're just afraid that this could come out in the open and oh my gosh yeah so they often sometimes i think parents can overestimate the degree to which the child is really invested yeah. in this kind of relationship. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 18. So nice to have you guys back. Hopefully you're not here for the first time, or if you are here for the first time, then welcome, welcome, welcome. And we're not going to do a long intro anymore, so we're just going to jump into your questions. Dr. Lucia, would you like to start? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. George is struggling with a long-distance relationship. I'm in a long distance relationship and often struggle with feeling disconnected from my partner due to the physical distance between us. What strategies or advice can you offer for maintaining a strong emotional connection and effectively communicating in a long distance relationship? Well, that's a great question. And a lot of people are either in this situation or they're contemplating it because you know, they've found somebody who happens to be on the other side of the world, or they're already in a partnership and the partner or they have to move for work and the other mm -hmm. partner cannot join them for whatever reason. So mm -hmm. a lot of people are having these issues in long distance relationships. Have I you ever been in one? Have you ever been in one? Never. No. no. Have you? No. Um, no. And I always, you know, because I have been in the dating scene if you're in that sometimes you you know you you have to tell them the diameter of the range of you know where the other person should live so like mm -hmm. i'm only gonna be interested in meeting people who are i don't know you know 50 kilometers yeah. away from where i live and that sort that of makes thing sense. Well, you yeah. know, actually, I have been, well, kind of long distance relationship, but I mean, you know, we're talking 80s here where I met oh. somebody, you know, like back home in Hungary and I was living in Canada. And then, you know, we would send letters to each other and it would take like two months to get a letter back then. So the oh, thing is, <laughs> if that counts, you know, those didn't last very yeah. long. But the thing is, it's very different now because actually people in long distance relationships are, are much luckier because you can be in connect, you know, you can be connected instantly you you can you know uh do video calls you can chat all day you can make phone calls like back then even a phone call would cost like fifty dollars for like three minutes yeah. so it wasn't even an option so sending Absolutely. letters that's a very different kind of long distance relationship so george mm -hmm. you are very lucky to be in a relationship like that today where you have all this technology that helps you stay connected i think that's really really important and i think more we today like lucille said we have more people in long distance relationships than probably ever before, right? That it's it's actually quite common. And um, yeah, the physical distance is difficult because you know, for a relationship, the physical intimacy is is, is really important than the touch and 
hopefully you guys are in a situation where you can go and visit each other quite frequently. And if you do have that option, then it's then it can be actually quite exciting, right? Because you have the anticipation and, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So you have this anticipation of seeing the person again and waiting and planning for that. So it's like every time you guys are together, it's like a holiday, right? Yes. Without having yeah. to deal with the day-to-day -day issues that um, that most couples that are living together deal with. So I think yeah. there are a lot of plus sides, upsides to having a long-distance relationship. What do you think, Lucille? Well, you know, I, I think uh, you brought up a really good point, which is that the technology helps us to keep connected, you know, even multiple times a day, mm -hmm. which I think is key. It's mm -hmm. absolutely crucial because... You know, and, and this is where I, you know, I, I have a, a little bit of a background studies in esoteric, the esoteric world. And we have our own, um, let's say we have our own energy field around us. But mm -hmm. when we meet and we connect with a partner, it's like it's our energy field, their energy field. But then there's a third field that is about uh, the relationship. Mm -hmm. And that field is something that we have to be aware of. Uh, we have to nurture it kind of like a garden. Um, yeah, so one of the things about uh, relationships is whether they're close or they're long distance is that you have to pay attention to the frequencies. Frequencies are really important in our world. And maybe we'll do an episode on that. But um, there is an energy field around each of us. And when we get together as a partnership, we create a third energy field. So it's my energy field, my partner's energy field, and then our relationship's energy field. Mm -hmm. And actually, people who have advanced technology, they can, um, you know, photograph the energy fields. And when two people are together that are in a partnership, you can actually see a third field around them. And this is like, like amazing, right? But in order for a, that relationship to do well, you have to nurture that third energy field like it's your garden and you really must tend to it. And so in a long distance relationship, the struggle is that 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 energetic field can just dissipate and fade away if you're not in a constant or repeated connection with one another. So this field that, exists even when people are apart? Absolutely. Oh, uh -huh. okay. okay. It, exists. it exists. And so, um, and then they have things like, if you've ever studied quantum physics, which is so fascinating, you know, the quantum entanglement, mm -hmm. that one person feels something in Canada and their partner in Egypt feels the same thing at the same time, like this, it, the psychic uh, phenomenon. Mm -hmm. And that has been proven. That has been proven that that actually works, that we are connected no matter how far apart we are if we have a strong yes. connection through our Like heart. Twin, twins have that a lot. Like right? twins. Twins. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So um, it is really important, as Lynn said, that we make sure that we are tending that garden by constant uh, connection. Mm -hmm. And that can be uh, you know it does it can be casual it can be like sending a text with a loving emoji you know mm -hmm. uh, throughout the day yeah. um certainly getting on a zoom call would mm -hmm. be wonderful or skype or whatever and in terms of the physical affection well you know a lot of people have 
you know, sex on Zoom. I mean, they're yeah. you know, obviously having, uh, stimulating each other verbally and in whatever way. Yeah. And, and that is powerful. That can be very powerful to maintain the connection. Mm -hmm. And it's also really important that people be very honest. It's not just about giving the loving, positive vibes to one another. But if they're in some kind of emotional struggle or having a conflict or they're, you know, having a difficult time, it's really important to, to share all of that as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, keep that communication alive. Don't just bury your problems and say, oh, well, I'm, I'm just going to put on a happy face because I'm going to be talking to my partner tonight. Yeah. No, they need to know you have to be living as if you're living with each other. Mm -hmm. Keep it day real. in and day out. Yeah. Keep it real. Like, yeah, exactly. Keep it very real. And also, if there are any issues that arise between the two of you, you want to clear them as soon as possible. You want to talk about them. You want to discuss, uh, you know, what's going on and uh, what the two of you want to do about that and clear the issues. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's, uh, that's, uh, though, that, I mean, that is uh, relationship advice basically for our age for anybody you know yeah. for anybody you know as i say together uh, living together or apart it's yeah. just so important absolutely so, yeah no i agree with that completely best of luck to you george we hope you guys will eventually end up together physically as well and in the yes. just keep the fire burning and um keep the love alive and hopefully things will work out for you guys we wish you all the best now the yes. next question comes from anonymous guys so keep this in mind you don't have to tell us your name so if you want to keep it anonymous and, and switch things around please feel free to do so it's not a problem for us at all we don't want anyone to get into trouble that you know you're mentioning someone or anything like that so anonymous says i'm a mother facing a delicate situation and could really use some guidance i have reason to believe that my teenage daughter might be involved in a lesbian relationship with one of her teachers I'm unsure how to approach this matter without causing more harm or pushing her away. How can I address this situation sensitively while ensuring her safety and well-being? Anonymous, you don't say how old your well, teenage daughter, so I would assume that she's younger than 18, right? So she's not she's not an adult yet, which yeah. you know the potential relationship could be. Well, I mean, you can't have a relationship with your teacher anyway. That would be illegal, right? In any type of situation. But if, um, well, that's a tough one. I mean, if the daughter is also one. really into this and she's really into this teacher and you start interfering, then then that can also, you can run into issues doing that as well. But I mean, definitely you need to get to the heart of the matter and you need to find out exactly what's going on before you do anything. And I think the best way to do that is to speak with your daughter. What do you think, Lucille? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's it is very delicate. Um, I think uh, I, I would be curious to know, you know, how how have you discovered this, or why do you suspect this? Mm -hmm. And um, and that's a that's another thing. It could be a point of entry uh, because if it's things that your daughter has said, uh, then then you have a point of entry there and you can say, oh, you can start asking questions. Mm -hmm. um, I what, don't about know ask, what about asking the teacher? Well, that is another, that would be my next option as well, mm -hmm. right? The daughter, um, you know, even, 
even children who look like they're fine in situations like this are often not really under the surface and they know something's wrong but they're afraid to uh you know uh get their teacher in trouble they're afraid to lose the special attention from the person who's using them they are afraid they're fearful of the rage of the parents or they're they're just afraid that this could come out in the open and oh my gosh yeah so they often sometimes i think parents can overestimate the degree to which the child is really invested yeah. in this kind of relationship and that they may be uncomfortable with it but they are very resistant to opening up about it and you know and i don't know what the quality of the relationship was like before between the two of you but um you know if you've had uh, conflicts and whatever if there's some lo loss of trust uh between you and your your daughter that makes it a little bit more difficult to help her in this situation because she's likely much going to be much more resistant. I'm but, very curious um, about, about the wording of this because, you know, that my teenage daughter might be involved in a lesbian relationship with one of the teachers. But if it was a male teacher, then you would be saying that my daughter is being, you know, abused, yeah. sexually abused yeah. by someone. So I, I'm just wondering if, if this is, you know, treated more gently because it's a female teacher that oh they're just having a lesbian relationship whereas if it was a guy in a relationship that you would say my child is being molested right a teenage child you know a teenager could be 13 14 we don't know how old she is but it could be 17 or 18 as yeah well. we don't yeah we but it's still wrong i mean it's, it's it's still wrong and is it a consenting what well, she's saying relationship so you would think that it's a consenting relationship but i mean you know, if there's a huge age difference, plus also, you know, because of the the teacher and the student relationship, I mean, this is wrong on so many levels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I would probably hire like a private investigator to find out for sure. If you don't want to have that that conversation with your daughter or the teacher, yeah. that might be an option. Yeah, yeah. Again, it depends on what information you have, what evidence you have, because that's going to. I think that will uh, either open doors to start investigating this further or, you know, who knows what. But if it's a text that you saw on her phone or something mm -hmm. like that, um, and that's another tricky situation because I, I know parents who actually will look at their kid's phone and mm -hmm. they will invade their privacy to yeah. find out. Do you I have think a, that's I okay? Have a, Is that okay, Lucille, do you think? or, or not? I, I think it's very, like... It, unless it's an extreme situation where like the child is um signaling for example to their friends on on uh on emails or social media or whatever that they're suicidal mm -hmm. i don't think i think you have to tread very careful if it, if it's you see something like that on a phone then you have to dive right in there and do something about it yeah. but the 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 downside of that is you can destroy the relationship with your child if they yeah. know that you've invaded their privacy yeah, and that really, that's really difficult. You have to handle this with such, uh, such delicacy. Um, but I agree with you that um, also the other option is you ask for a private conversation with the teacher, mm -hmm. and you say, "I'm I'm sensing that there's something 
happening between you and my daughter. Mm -hmm. And um, I just want to know what's going on, you know, or you word it the way you want to word it. But the, the point is, the teacher, unfortunately, may have been doing this. If, if this is actually going on, the teacher may be doing this to other students as well. So it's not mm -hmm. just your daughter. Yeah. And not like you have responsibility for everybody, but you're going to see signs um whether the teacher is open with you or not if they are doing this and they're doing this to other children as well you look at their you can sense from how they respond to you mm -hmm. the body language uh, the body language as to what's the truth yeah um and i think that it's it's really important to um address this in a very tactful manner not coming out with guns blazing but just say i'm concerned and can you give me any information about anything that you've seen? You might not even ask about a direct relationship. You may say, I'm just concerned. Do you have, have you noticed anything about my daughter that would make you be concerned uh, about her behavior or relationship or anything like that? Anything going on with her that I'm not, uh, I'm not witness to, right? Yeah. Um, teachers are going to be on their own, like, if you approach them, uh, you have to do it very, very, uh, neutrally and, um, because they know they're vulnerable, mm -hmm. you know, of course, I mean, she could lose her job, her career, everything and career, go to jail. And, and I mean, rightfully so, if that was my child, you know, yeah, yeah. that's really tough. But at the same time, of course, if, if your child is in love with this crazy teacher, you don't want to destroy the relationship that you have with her. You don't want her turning against you. But I mean, ultimately, as a mother, your role is to protect your child. And, you know, Absolutely. It matter Absolutely. if it's a man or a woman, she's a sexual predator if she's having a relationship with a teenager and a student. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think, I think this needs to be addressed. I think so, too. And I, I don't care about how mature. Like a lot of people say, oh, well, she was a very mature 16, no. 17 no no you just don't that's have BS. the life experience so that's that is bs that Absolutely. is bs and she's being taken advantage of and and you know I mean, without the it's even if this even if the student approached the teacher i mean you just don't you just don't, don't get into anything like that i mean absolutely no you need to you need to protect your child and, and even if your child mm -hmm. is upset with you or it's going to take her some time to get over this this needs to be addressed and stopped because this to me is child abuse it's sexual child abuse yeah yeah but you you need to have the right information you need to be sure you need to be certain before before you know yeah. any big confrontations or anything happen with your child yeah, or the I, teacher but if you if you do choose the the route of talking to your child I would say don't be overly worried that she's going to uh, blow up all over you. I would I would not worry about that. You, as Lynn said, your first responsibility as a mother is for her safety. Mm -hmm. And again, you don't have to come talk to her as if you're ready to have battle. Uh, you can be very you can choose your words very sensitively and and keep reinforcing the fact that you are concerned about her. You're not there to judge her or punish her. You're yeah. just concerned, okay? Um, and, you know, sometimes when we think, uh, you know, parents think that they've gone wrong and they've just destroyed the relationship. It's interesting how over the years, the child will, will understand as they mature that this was the most uh, loving thing that the parent could do for yes. them. 
And uh, so I would say, don't worry, don't worry about alienating her or having a blow up. Don't worry, just do what you need to do as a mother. Yes, 100%. I completely agree. And please do write back to us and let us know what happened. Sure. We're quite invested mm -hmm. in this story and we'd like to know how it all plays out. And, and we want to make sure that your daughter is safe. So please yeah. do get back to us. Thank you so much yes. for your question. Yeah, thank you. All right. So now we have Maggie who is struggling with a common problem. I'm fed up with being a people pleaser. How do I stop? I have a friend who keeps bailing out on me whenever we arrange to get together. So far, I've just accepted it, but it makes me angry. The last time I told her I was disappointed, but she blew it off. I'd like to be able to tell her exactly how I feel without backing down. How can I do that? We keep getting similar questions from people, mm -hmm. right? This yes, is yes. Yeah, like a recurring yeah. theme with people, people taking advantage of you and, and yeah. not, you know, not being considerate of your time and canceling in the last minute and things like that. That's, yeah. And Maggie, you, you feel like you're a people pleaser and you don't want to ruffle any feathers. And, um, but you know, until you put your foot down, people are just going to keep walking all over you. I mean, there's, there's you're just going to, uh, you're going to keep attracting this kind mm -hmm. of person your life and it's just going to go on and on until as Lynn says you put your foot down this is an issue of self-esteem mm -hmm. like at the root of it like how much do you respect yourself mm -hmm. and you don't have to get into a battle with people over this you you just have to be very matter of fact that this is not something that you're this is not the behavior you're going to tolerate that's it period end of story mm -hmm. uh and i think also it's important that you remember like what's the most important what's the most important value in your life your self-respect mm -hmm. or getting this person to approve of you and step all over you you yeah. know yeah and right? i mean obviously a, a friend who just repeatedly does this to you is not a true friend because a true friend that respects you and honors you and appreciates you is not going to keep doing this over and over again yeah so absolutely you have to think you know, about one, how important your friendship is to her as well. Or is it just absolutely. a one-sided thing? Yeah. One-sided. Yeah, if it's one-sided, that's it's just not gonna it's not gonna work. And eventually you could hold on to your anger and hold on to your anger, but eventually you're gonna it's gonna burst out of you. You're mm -hmm. gonna blow up at her. Yeah. I had that experience when I was younger as well. And I just I had a very narcissistic friend. But I had such a poor self-esteem that I put up with all her nonsense mm -hmm. and how she respected me. And I just sat on it and sat on it and sat on it. And then finally, uh, I, you know, we were having uh, dinner together and she said something that really uh, just so uh, offended me. And I totally blew up at her. I just let all the years of pent up, you know, hurt and anger and frustration just Oof, over the uh, the entree you know? good for you <laughs> and uh and you know it, it you know at least i did it right mm -hmm. it was really messy and i doing it now i would do it very very differently mm -hmm. but you know it did push me it pushed me so that i really understood in my heart of hearts that i would never tolerate this kind of bs from anybody again and so after that, I learned to refine how I confronted people. <laughs> I think I'm getting better and better at it. <laughs> Did but you remain friends with her? 
Did you remain no, friends? It was no. Impossible. No, mm-hmm. it was impossible because she mm-hmm. was like way too self-absorbed. Um, mm-hmm. And so, um, but I learned a great deal and I learned that, you know, we, I, I, and I, I coach other people in doing this. When the red flags come up more than once, mm-hmm. when the red flags come up more than once, that's when you start talking about it. Mm-hmm. You don't wait yeah. until you are totally fed up to hear. Yeah. You start talking about it and you do it in a very, you know, polite, very respectful manner. Mm-hmm. Again, no gun blazing, just very respectful. Mm-hmm. And you say, you know, I'd like to check something out with you mm-hmm. and just start the conversation. And like Lynn says, you'll find out who are your true friends. Absolutely. And who aren't. And who who's ready to start taking responsibility and growing in their lives and who isn't. Right? Exactly. Exactly. So if, if she's not going to meet you halfway, then then she's she's not the right friend for you. You know, you need friends that respect you and treat you the way you would treat them. And that's that's like the basic foundation for a, a good friendship, I think. So Maggie, speak yeah. to your friend and and you know. Hopefully you guys can resolve this and maybe it's just an oversight and maybe your friend doesn't even realize this is an issue and hopefully you guys can overcome this and come out with a better friendship at the end. Yes. That brings us to our last question of today. I am putting my glasses on. And the question is from Mark. Mark is challenged by a new problem many people are having these days. A lot of my friends dumped me a few years ago when I didn't go along with what they believed was the right thing to do. Hmm, I wonder what that is. I was, yes, (laughs) I can't even imagine. I was angry, but decided I just let them go. Good riddance. Now, a few of them are contacting me to get together without talking about what they actually did. It's as if nothing happened. I don't feel like pretending. Should I ignore them or give them a piece of my mind? Hmm, that's a tough one, Mark. Um, I think we all went through a lot of this. I, I think we understand what you're going through and what you're talking about. And uh, Lucille and I both experienced this with friends in the last four yeah. years. I'm still waiting for my ex-friends to come back and say, you know what, woman, you were right. You were right all along. I'm waiting for that, but it's not happening. I got blocked by so many people. <laughs> and um, I don't know how it would feel like I'm I'm putting myself in your shoes, Mark, and I'm thinking if they would come back and say, you were right, but these guys don't really want to talk about what happened. And I think, right. yeah. yeah, I think without actually discussing what happened and coming back and apologizing and saying, you were right and I was wrong, I would not want to hear from them. That's just me. Um, because then, you know, you blocked me and you, you blocked me from your life for, for, for nothing. You're going to come back and pretend like nothing happened now when you realize that, you know, you were not on the right side of the situation. So I think if, if they're not willing to talk about it, I would go back to the good riddance theory, but that's just me. And I'm, I'm, I'm just really tough when it comes to this now with friendships and choosing who I spend my time with. So, um, Lucille, how do you see the situation? Well, you know, I'm kind of like the Ulin, um, in that if the person is coming back and they are acting as if, what betrayal, what abuse, there, nothing. Uh, and it's like <clears throat> the last four years didn't happen. Uh, I would say this is not a friend. And if you try to go back into a relationship as if nothing happened, you're going to find that you don't trust them. 
yeah. there's been a real breach of trust here. Absolutely. And so in, uh, try as you might, you're always going to hold back. It's it's never going to be the same level of uh, closeness, whatever you had before. You're, you're always going to be a little bit, you know, at a distance mm -hmm. from them, waiting for them really unconsciously or consciously waiting for them to betray you again. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally right? agree. I, I had um, a friend and she also, she blocked me, but she lives in California and uh, I sent her some, you know, California has gone to hell. I mean, anyone who can't see that is insane, right? So she lives there. She's actually Canadian as well, but she lives there. And I, I sent her something when they were trying to legalize full-term abortion. So you can have a baby and say, nah, don't want it, throw it away, right? And she's like, oh, you're always trashing California and blah, 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 blah. So that kind of ended our friendship. And I, as things are getting worse and worse in California, I keep thinking, I wonder if she ever thinks about me, you know, like that crazy woman that was saying California is going to hell. And I'm sorry, guys, if you're in California and you love it, okay, more power to you, whatever. But I mean, a lot of crazy stuff is going on down there. I mean, I'm sure people are seeing this and what's happening in the big cities and everything else. So I think, Mark, if, if your friends don't have any remorse for what happened and they, they definitely owe you an apology, that's that's the minimum, at least an apology. I, I just don't think you can go back to a relationship that got damaged this way without actually having a discussion about it. I mean, this is just the stuff that went down is just too deep and too serious to just sweep it under the rug and keep going forward. I just, that would not work for me. But obviously, Mark, you have to evaluate this for yourself. And, exactly. if, these, yeah. and if these friendships are really important to you and they're more important than getting this resolved or, you know, talking about the situation and you can just, you know, get over it and move on, then then you're a better man than I am because that would be really, really difficult for me. Yeah, I, I think that you've made a really good point there, Lynn, that it, Mark has to evaluate how important like certain people are. It sounds like most of them he would gladly uh, say good riddance to but mm -hmm. if there's somebody who is like just uh an insecure kind of a person they went along with everybody else and they weren't they really weren't conscious of what they were doing and maybe they you you do like them maybe they have some uh really uh valuable things that you uh you kind of cherish uh to at least have a discussion with them and be no nonsense about it you know yeah. just like i'm sorry but we have to talk about what happened these last few years. Where have you been? You know, what happened? Absolutely. That's um, a good start. Where have you been? Yeah, been. yeah, yeah. exactly. And oh, and why are you back now? <laughs> That's another oh, good question. Just why, put the cards on the table and see what they have to say. I would yeah, be curious yeah. to see what they have to say. In fact, Mark, write back to us. And if you do have that conversation, yeah. you really want to know what your friend said. And if you guys are able to resolve this so that I can get ready for when my friends are knocking on my door, so that I would know what to say, because that's a, that's a really tough one. But Mark, it thank is. you so much for your question. It's a really good question. And I think other people can relate to this. And yeah, um, yeah we really want to know how this gets resolved in the end. Yeah. Guys, that brings us to the end of episode 18. Well, can you believe we've done 18 episodes already, Lucille? Well, you know, it'll be 10 minutes and we'll be doing episode 118 soon, like, right? Unbelievable. Just time is flying by. Along. So fast. We're in 2024 already and it's just yeah. zooming by like crazy. 
Yes. Guys, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you guys so much because without you, we would not have a podcast. So to the two, three people that are listening to this today, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> you guys mean the world to us. Yeah, um, <laughs> we'll adopt you. Yeah, we'll adopt you guys, definitely. Guys, send us, keep sending us your questions. We really appreciate them. You can find all the links below. Check out the links below. Check out the links for Healy for Dr. Lucille. You'll find some really fascinating information there on energy devices and check out my books below. And if you feel so inclined, buy my books and buy the Healy and you can really support our work by doing those things, right? So um, <laughs> thank you guys again and we'll see you in the next episode, which is going to be episode 19. All the best guys. See you later. Bye-bye. Please be aware that Lynn and I are here to provide insights, advice, stories that are for educational and entertainment purposes only. None of our content should be considered to be personal, medical, or mental health therapy. If you are experiencing a mental health or physical health challenge, please consult the appropriate healthcare specialist. We are here to provide the best possible content in an atmosphere of positive conversation and personal growth.